What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. Listen, today's interview is going to be with a guest who knows what it takes to get to the next level. He himself has the experience of playing at the Division One level, and he understood what it took to get there. But now, as a player development coach, he sees it from a different perspective, and he's going to be sharing his knowledge with us today on the show. You don't want to miss it. If you're an athlete, you're a parent, you're a coach, take notes today on all of this. We're going to be talking about work ethic. We're going to be talking about you know, the practices with a purpose. We're going to be talking about your confidence. We're going to be talking about AAU slash club basketball and um, just kind of doing a self-evaluation before even deciding whether or not you want to play there. All these different things we're going to be learning today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Larson. Almost five years in the making. In January, it will be five full years we've been doing this. Uh, special shout out to everybody who has supported the show in some form or fashion, whether you've shared one of my Instagram posts or Facebook posts or Twitter posts, whatever it may be, whether you've actually listened to the, the podcast, whether you've left me a review on the podcast platform, anything. Thank you guys for the support. If you've been on the show, thank you so much. I mean, it's just been a huge blessing being able to meet different people every single week and uh, bring the content to the listeners that are out there. Now, I will say... I would love for you guys to leave me a review. I'm not going to force anybody to do that. Uh, but the way that anybody can pay me back, if you're listening to this, if this is your first time listening, if you have an iPhone, the best thing to do, just go on to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It's super simple. It helps the growth of the show. There's no secret to that. If you guys have heard me talk about it before, the podcast platforms, they like when you leave reviews. So if somebody you know listens to this and it might be the first time, if you could take 15 to 20 seconds out of your day to leave me a review, that'd be super helpful because it helps the podcast get to more people in different places of the world, which, as we know, has been in 92 countries as of right now, and we hope to continue to expand that. So you guys heard in the introduction, I'm bringing on a special guest today. Now, this guest is somebody that I saw during a summit uh, that I paid into to kind of listen to some different things um, from different people. I work as my full-time job. I'm in the, the marketing world, so I'm very familiar with summits. And so I was like, oh, I like this. You know, I, I knew a couple of people in that summit. Um, I even had a couple of those people on my show before, one being Dane Wissenbach and another being Tyson Durfee, uh, world champion uh, rodeo dude. <laughs> Tyson and I are good friends now. And so um, I was like watching through this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, our guest is like the perfect fit for what I do. I want to reach out to this guy. His name's Anthony Pugh. He's a player development coach. Okay. We are going to learn from him. Um, and I hope everyone pays attention. So, Anthony, thank you so much for joining the show. I man, I, I really, really appreciate it. When, when you reached out, I was excited. I, I immediately listened to a couple episodes. I saw who you had on. I'm I'm really, really honored just to even be a part of you know the community that you built and the guests you've had on. I'm 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 really honored. I thank you again. Oh, absolutely, man. And I'm 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 honored that you were willing to join me. So it's a mutual feeling there, and I'm just grateful that you you took the time to do this. I mean, you're super busy, and so we're gonna get to know. A little bit about you guys. You know, for those who are listening that are current athletes right now, especially younger athletes, this might be a good opportunity to start taking some notes. And if you're a parent, I would encourage you guys to start taking notes because Anthony's been around some some big time athletes. He's he knows what it takes to basically compete at the next level. And so that's where this this interview is going to go. I want to kind of you know pick your brain, if you will, 
kind of see some stuff. But let's let's rewind the clock, Anthony, and kind of learn about your story too in athletics. And you know what got you to the to the spot where you're a player development coach. So talk to me about your history in sports and kind of what your uh, fascination was with them. So growing up, my dad was a high school basketball coach. So I, I, people ask me when I started playing. And to be honest, I don't even remember because I was that young. You know, I was, I was that kid that had the, the ball in my crib and I was, you know, shooting jump shots when I could barely walk. You know, I, I was just that guy. I loved the game and I was around the game. You know, my dad used to bring me, you know, to the gym when he'd have practice with the high school guys. I'd run around. Um, when I was younger, my brother, I have a brother two years older than me. So I'd go and I'm in the fifth grade. He's in the seventh grade. I'm practicing against those guys, competing against those guys. I'm under, I'm an undersized guy. You know, I, I tell people, uh, you know, I've lied about my height so many times. I don't know how tall I really am. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'd say people I'm five, eight, I'm really probably five, six on a good day. Um, but as far as my love for the game, it, it's been one of those things where I, I never really experienced life without it. So I, I, I don't really know what that's like. So I, I played my entire life. I ended up playing high school basketball, obviously. Um, I scored over a thousand career points. Um, only I was believe I was like the seventh boy to ever do that in, in school history, um, which was awesome. I mean, obviously I wouldn't be able to do that with my, my teammate my, and my coaches, but um, I, I actually, when it came to college, it was a lot of division three schools, a couple division two schools, not many. Um, just like any other kid though, you know, my goal, I wanted to play division one basketball I, and I'm not a division one athlete. You know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm undersized. I'm like I said, I'm probably five, six, 140. you know, I'm, I'm not, but my skill level and my work ethic was that of a, you know, six, eight, two fifty player, you know? So I just had to work harder than everybody else. You know, if there was guys that, you know, we're going to the gym for two hours. I was going to the gym for four hours, you know, because I had to do double of what everyone else was doing. Um, so when I was younger, kind of backtrack, I went to Robert Morris's basketball camp. So Robert Morris is a division one school in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, I developed a really cool relationship with a lot of the players and the head coach at the time. And I was always, you know, that younger guy coming to camp and I, I'd win all the awards, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd kill everybody, you know, I was doing really, really well. So like, I kind of became like that guy. And, um, so I went literally from like fifth grade all the way through eighth grade, um, high school came, I still stayed in touch with the coaching staff and the players. I used to go to games, they'd get me tickets, you know, whatever, whatever. And then come senior year, it's time to make a college decision. Now, again, I wanted to go where I could play, you know, it was never, if I don't, don't go division one, you know, I'm done. It was, I would love to have an opportunity to go division one. If I don't go division one, I'll go wherever I wanted. You know what I mean? So I'm literally, I have visits lined up with a couple division two schools, a couple division three schools. And my phone rings one day and it's coach tool, who is at the time, the head, head men's basketball coach at Robert Morse. And he says, you know, Hey, you know, I know you're a senior in high school. I don't know if you've made your college decision or not, but I think we have an opportunity for you here. And um, that was one of those things where I I never forget where I was at. I had a game that night and it was in the morning and it was like, I'm in, you know, like there's no, there's no questions asked. I, I I knew what the role was going to be because we, we further discussed that then he said, you know, think about it. And I called him back and I told him I'm in, you know, what do I have to do? And he's like, well, you know, it's going to be a walk-on position, you know, no scholarship money, none of that. Now, thankfully, my academics were good enough that I did get scholarship money for my academics. But 
So it was, all right, here's an opportunity. You know, if you want it, you got it. If not, we understand. I wanted it. You know what I mean? I loved a lot of, a lot of people have like their dream schools, right? You know, Ohio state, Notre Dame, you know, for whatever reason, mine was Robert Morris, you know, and that's not to talk down on the school because the school is, you know, it's unbelievable, but it, that, that's just an odd school for that to be, you know, like a school that you really, really want to go to. I just felt home there. You know, it's I live in Ohio, so it's about an hour away. So it was close enough to go home if I wanted to go home, you know. So I end up going to Robert Morris. Now, I just I became the guy almost like a Rudy guy. You know what I mean? Almost like the Rudy character. Right. I worked my butt off. I, I I became annoying to the scholarship guys, right? I was pushing them. I was doing more. The coaching staff was kind of using me as motivation, like, hey, look at, you know, look at look at Ant right now. He's killing you guys. He's not even on scholarship. You know, we're, he's paying to do this, right? <laughs> I'm we're not we're not giving him anything, you know. And and again, I'm a competitor. So my mindset was if I could go and compete and get in games and play, that's great. But at the end of the day, again, I knew what my role was. You know what I mean? It was a practice player. It was a weight room. It was a locker room guy, you know, an energy guy, a hard work guy. So where everything kind of flipped was when I was, it was like mid-season. What I would do was I would always go to obviously practice. We'd have weights. And then I would go back at, at you know, during the nighttime, right? So when everyone was out of the gym, I'd go and I'd get up some shots, go put myself through a workout. You know, like I said, just always doing extra. And one day, our starting point guard at the time, Kayvon Stewart, he showed up at the gym. You know, we didn't communicate beforehand. He just kind of showed up. He's on the one end shooting. I'm on the other end shooting. You know, we kind of, you know, hey, what's up? You know, I'm, I'll am i be honest. I was intimidated by him, right? I mean, he's a junior. He starts. I'm a freshman walk-on, you know. So long story short, one time for whatever reason, you know, I kind of – he did this for about maybe three or four days. And one, I just kind of dropped my ball the one time and I went down the other end. And I just started rebounding for him. You know, it was one of those things where I don't know why I did it. It, it was almost like something kind of said, you know, hey, go down there and, you know, you know, do something with that guy, you know, because we're both doing separate things, you know, like we're teammates, but we're both on two different hoops. Um, so we work out together. Right. So I go, hey, you know, I'm going to put myself through a workout. You, you want to join in? And he's like, yeah, for sure. So we start working out together. Right. And it kind of slowly shifted to us working out together to me working him out, right? So now instead of, okay, we're each going to get five reps, you're going to get 10 reps, I'm going to get zero reps. You know what I mean? Like it completely shifted. And his shooting percentage went up like 15%. I mean, we, there was he his improvement was so crazy that we actually had a story, an article in the Pittsburgh Gazette written about me and him which is kind of funny because it's like i'm a walk-on you know what i mean like who (laughs) who am i you know like who am i to have any story written about me the guys in the locker room used to make fun of me because they're like dude we're we're scholarship guys we don't get stories written about us (laughs) you know we'd go on the road and there'd be film crews like filming like we had a pregame routine we'd do you know we'd we'd do floaters we'd do threes we do one dribble pull up we had like a little routine we do and they would follow us you know doing it i mean it became like a pretty big deal you know what i mean so then it got to even more extreme where i'm watching game film and i'm breaking down his film right so i'm making film edits of him you know where he needs to improve what he needs to do better you know so i'm really really locked in on this now we had a pre-game pre-practice and a workout routine so we had three different routines we did every day right so 
kind of moving forward then we did that throughout the season you know and and you know I actually got in a couple games which to be honest most people would have never believed but I did because a I I worked hard and I deserved it you know I I earned it now were they meaningful minutes no <laughs> we were either up or down by 20 I'm not going to lie to you on that but it's just the idea of you know people telling me why are you going to go there you're never going to play you know that, that that's that's stupid you know me just kind of being, you know, betting on myself. I'm like, I- I'm going to figure it out. So at the end of the season, the time comes and we're still working out together. And I remember I kind of was talking to him and he was like, Hey, you should try to like, you know, do this as like, as a job, like, like you're, you've helped me, you know, you're really good at, you know, designing workouts, breaking down film, communicating, um, you know, how, like, what do you think about that? And I always wanted to get into coaching. Right. But I always thought I was going to be you know, a high school coach, maybe a college coach. I didn't really know I was going to go this way, but I fell in love with the improvement side of it. You know what I mean? Like give me a player in an empty gym at 6 a.m. You know what I mean? Like give me that. I I, I live for that, especially now. Um, So I kind of talked to him and I was like, if I'm going to do this, I feel like I should try to start this company now. You know what I mean? Because Training as a full-time job is, I mean, anyone that does it could tell you it's very, very difficult because of, you know, the amount of kids you have, you know, it's kind of like a seasonal job, right? In in the summertime, you have everyone's home. You know, I work with a lot of college professional players. They're all home, you know, from June to August, but during this time of year, they're gone, right? So how are you going to make money now? You know, so it's just kind of like a big, the business side of it's very, very difficult. But so I was like, well, what if I start this, this company now? And then I could build it when I'm in college because, you know, as a college kid, you could always say you're broke because you're in college. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so that was always it. Well, why don't you have have any money? Well, I'm I'm broke. I'm in college. (laughs) You know, it was one of those situations. So I end up meeting with Coach Tool. Um, To this day, one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing I ever did, because I had to explain to him, you know, I was going to walk away from playing and I was going to pursue this this training side. I registered the company LLC in my dorm room. I'll never forget that. I ended up moving home and commuting to Robert Morris every day for three years. Wow. So that was, so why I did that was, was dropping out of school was, was never an option. You know, it was never, I'm, I started, I'm finishing, you know, and my parents would never allow, that was never a thought, but it was tough because how was I going to build a business in Ohio, but go to school in Pennsylvania? You know what I mean? So it was like, what are you going to do? And my parents were very supportive and they're like, listen, you have a lot of scholarship money there. So even if you transfer somewhere closer to home, we'd probably still end up paying more money, (laughs) you know? So they're like, we'll bite the bullet. We'll help you out with gas and and all that. So there'd be days that I'd be in school all day and then I'd leave straight from Pittsburgh. I'd drive to some gym in Ohio and train for, you know, four or five hours. And I did that for three years, you know, while I was in school, graduated with a degree in sports psychology. And, and that kind of brings me to where I'm at now. Wow, dude, what a, that is so awesome. There's a couple of things I wanted to, to, to pick apart here. First off, for those who don't understand what Robert Morris is. So the first taste I ever got of Robert Morris was when they beat Kentucky in the NIT. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was like a big story. Cause like Kentucky was coming off, like they were a dominant powerhouse and they go into this and there was like, ESPN was talking about how Kentucky goes into that gym because they were hosting it yep. and they were like, it's a small locker room compared to what, you know, Kentucky's got these big old facilities and stuff. So that's when I actually got my first taste. I think it was in like 2012 or 13 or something. It's, it's been yep. a minute. Yep. Um, 
but that's cool that like you played for him. That's the coolest thing about it is like now it's coming full circle for me. I'm like, man. So for yeah. those who don't know, <clears throat> go Google Robert Morris. It's actually a solid um, program. I love following them because, you know, when I see a story like that, I kind of keep an eye on them moving forward. So I always kind of had an eye on them after that. So that's the first thing. Second thing is as small as you were being able to uh, in stature, I should say, as small as you were in stature, being able to make it to the next level in any capacity, whether that's division one, two, three, whatever, um, NAIA, I don't care. Like JUCO to be able to do that. I, I don't know if people realize how much work it takes, but I'm glad that you kind of broke that down. Like you had to work double, right? You had the work ethic of a six, eight, two fifty individual, even though you were, you know, five, eight, one forty is what you said. Your list is five, eight, one fifty. I think you, you gave yourself 10 less pounds. We yeah. all do that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so the thing is, is like, I want people to realize that whether they're athletes that I've coached, or if you're an athlete that's listening to this show and you're currently in high school and you're trying to get to the next level, listen, I'm in Idaho. Okay. The majority, we don't got big men, dude. And, and most of the time I'm just going to be real, even in our five, a division, like top division of, of, of basketball here, our centers are like six foot four. I mean, I, I mean, we do get some six, eight guys, six, 10 guys that are, you know, there and they usually dominate for a reason because they don't have a lot of big men here. We've got a lot of six, two, six, three centers. All the guys who play football playing in the post and in, in high school. And they, you know, that's just how it is here. You don't realize guys is that's, that's definitely a shooting guard. Um, if not a point guard in the next level and especially in the pros, I mean, I, I always try to share that with them. So if you're smaller in stature, if you're under six foot two, I would say you're going to have to put in the work. It's not just going to be easy. You got to market yourself, but you've ultimately got to put in the work because when push comes to shove, like you're going to have to, te- like you're going to have to show that you can't just put all these highlights on Instagram and then go there and just crap the bed. You've got to be able to put in the work so that when push comes to shove, you can actually do it. As Anthony kind of shared here, you're in the gym consistently. You built that, um, being a coach's son, I'm sure that was helpful there getting the work at like getting used to a routine and understanding what it takes, but you actually had to put in the work. And I think that is so important to get into those routines, the sacrifices that kids have to make now for something that's ultimately a, a bigger goal later. Um, okay. So as we get into this, I think it's so cool that you like took the story of you like going to get his rebound stuff. And it kind of just ultimately spawned everything else out from mm-hmm. there. And the fact that you finished school, like all that stuff, people are just going to listen to that. And they're like, Oh, it's just a one minute clip of you saying that you finished for those who have ever gone to college. It's not easy to graduate. Like you actually have to put in work. You have to take like, and you're driving back and forth commuting. Like that sucks. Um, I didn't graduate college. Till I was 28. I was 28 when I got my degree. So I was working full time, but I was in the same, but I was like, I got to finish this dude. I've been doing this for way too long. Um, it's hard. So the fact that you were able to do all that while you're starting a business is huge as well. It speaks to your work ethic. And that is one thing I think everybody needs to be taking notes of is work ethic. Like you've got to put in work. It doesn't just come to you. Okay. So Anthony, talk to us now as in your position. Now you, you were a player, your coach's son, you're then a player at the next level. Have you not just a high school player who scored a thousand points, which is phenomenal by the way, but you're at the next level walk on, but you were able to be part of a program and be able to be there and, and understand what it takes. And now you're a player development coach. So you're seeing it from all perspectives. What do you, what would you say to these athletes that are, that are out there trying to make it to the next level? What's like the biggest piece of advice you'd give them right now? Let's say they're a sophomore in high school and they've got aspirations to play at the next level, regardless of what it is, whatever level that is. What's your biggest piece of advice for them? Consistent work ethic, right? I, I think, I think when we talk about hard work, it it's something that you could do for, a day, a week, a month, couple months, you have to do it consistently over a span of time. You know what I mean? Like I, I work with a lot of players now that 
you know, are in that same age bracket, right? And, and they might have aspirations to, to play in college. And no matter what level you want to play at, you know what I mean? You have to be consistent with whatever you do. You can't work hard for one week and then take three days off and do nothing and then work hard for two days and take a couple days off and do nothing. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't do that because at the end of the day, you think you're working hard, but somebody in Idaho, for example, is working harder. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I got up 500 jump shots today. Someone else got up 2,000. You know what I mean? Like, so hard work is very subjective, you know? So like I've met kids and and before I work with them, I'll have mom, dad, you know, whoever coach, oh, wait till you work with so-and-so. They're the hardest workers you've ever seen. And and I work with them and it's kind of like, so that's what they think hard work is. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes, you know, you don't know what you don't know, you know? Right. So, and, and that's kind of where I step in and, and use myself as an example. Like, listen, I worked my butt off, you know, to get this opportunity and you're not working half as hard as I did. You know what I mean? But you actually might have the size that I didn't have. You know what I mean? You might have a legitimate chance to play division one basketball, but you don't work half as hard as I did, which means you don't work even a quarter hard as, you know, the other guys did, you know? So it, to me, you know, everyone, Oh, I, I work hard. You know, you got to work hard. Okay. That's very vague. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's important, but, but how, you know, have a big thing I, I focus on now with, with players is a plan. You know, what's the plan? Do, do we want to, do we want to get you, you know, shooting a certain amount of percentage from three? Do we want to add a floater to your game? Do we want to add a pull-up to your game? Like, what do we need to do? And then we need to decide, okay, this is what we need to do. Now, what's the plan of action? You know, because I'm a big-time organizer, right? So the way I show up to workouts is I have a notebook. I can show you notebooks from 2017, you know what I mean, of workouts of every player. I write everything down. I'm not a computer guy. I write everything down because pen to paper is different to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pen to paper, I feel like you feel a little more. You remember a little more. So I have a plan. I don't show up and go, okay, today, let me think. Okay, we'll do this today. You know, I have workouts for these kids planned weeks in advance because there's a protocol every individual player has to follow, right? So if you don't have a plan, if you're showing up to the gym and just casually shooting around and that's not bad. But that's not going to get you to college. You know what I mean? That's going to get you to be and maybe an above average high school player because you're doing something. Something's better than nothing. But at the end of the day, if you're not working on what you need to work on and you're not working on the right thing, it doesn't really matter. You, it's kind of like a hamster wheel. You know what I mean? You yeah. could run, but you're just going to go around and around and around. You're not really going to move, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. I'm so glad you said that, too. That's that's huge. It's the whole concept of, like, if you fail a plan, you plan to fail. Um it, it, it the same with any kind of goal that you have, whether it's financial, if it's fitness goals, like people need to track their stuff. Like, you know, I can say right now I've been lifting my butt off and I've been training so hard like lately, but I mean, I eat like garbage. So what's the point? Like I'm, there, there's a reason I'm still fluffy right now. So it's like, yeah. And, and, and I can be honest about that. I know it's cause I'm not tracking my stuff. You've got to be able to like go in there with a plan and execute. And I think that's huge. Like what would a, I know they're all different. They're all probably personalized, but let's say a, a typical workout with you. Do you do one-on-one -on -one trainings? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. So typically I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff. I do do small group as well. But like I said earlier, like 
it, there's something about just being in the gym with one other player. You know what I mean? It, it's you and them. You're working on their game, what they need. You know, group stuff, it's more general, right? You know, so it's kind of like we need to touch on a little bit of everything. If I have one player that that's going to, you know, be just with me for an hour, we're working on what they need. So I, I do do a little bit of both. Personally, I, I like the individual stuff a little more. In an hour, though, I, I think that's huge, though. Like, it's so crazy, man. Like, I wish people understood, like, the knew where to find people like you, you know? Like, so that's why we're trying to highlight you because you're so needed. Like, you have high school coaches. You have all those. But, like, individual, like, developmental coaches are so vital to a player's growth and, and, and development. That's what it is, obviously. So it's like, I just wish people understood this. Now, when you go into a, a gym, some kids, I'll just be real, Anthony, some kids will say, well, I already have basketball practice during the year, like, you know, two and a half hours a day. And like, I shouldn't, I don't want to get tired in the morning before I go to school, or I don't want to get tired before this. Cause I'm going to be lifting weights. Um, when it comes to skill development, what do you say to those kids that, that, you know, they might be like, well, I, I have time. Maybe I, I have time to go lift for an hour, but I can't do this for an hour and lift and then do my basketball. Like I can't do all those things at once. Is that vital? Like what, what kind of advice would you give those kids? So I think, I think that's a good question. And I think that goes back to what you said about having people like me, because you have to have somebody who knows what they're doing in that. Okay. If you have, if you have practice and then you have lifting, you know, and then you want to come work out with me, I'm not going to kill you during the workout. So what I mean by that is that's why in season and off season are very different. You know what I mean? In season, we're not really looking to add anything to your game, right? We just want to sharpen the tools, you know? So if you're a shooter, we want to get a lot of catch and shoot shots. We want to get a lot of shots off the move, off the dribble, you know, in the off season, we're looking at, okay, you're a good shooter, but do you have a pull up yet? No. Okay. We're going to add a pull up, you know, this summer where that's going to be our goal. You know, I usually like to pick one or two things to add, you know, to a player's game, but during the season, that, that that's a great point. And I'll be honest, I battle some kids with that because they think, I'm going to practice, you know, I'm already, you know, working. And I asked the kid to actually today, it's funny you brought it up. I said, how many shots do you think you get up in, in a practice? Like, honestly, like roughly. And they, they, they were like, well, we did a lot of, you know, you know, team stuff the other day. So we did a lot of plays and stuff like that. So probably not that many. I said, realistically, you probably get up 20 some shots in practice. You know what I mean? That's not including free throws or layups, right? I'm talking like game, like, coming off screens, you know, off the dribble, catch and shoot, off the move, you probably get 20 shots. Now, it's becoming more popular to add in your practice, you know, a different skill segments and doing things like that, which I think is great. And some coaches do a better job of it than others. But you're not getting the shots up that you need because team practice is geared towards the team. You know what I mean? That's why it's important for a guy like me because when you're with me, I obviously care about your team, but I care about your development more than I care about your team because ultimately, if you get better, you're going to help your team get better and then you're going to win games. You know what I mean? Like it all, like I've noticed there's a little bit of an ego thing in, in basketball in terms of everyone wants credit. You know, everyone yeah. will, well, I want to make sure that, you know, people know that I'm working with that player, or I'm working with this player because that could help me. And some high school coaches could take the approach of, I don't want, you know, someone like me because I don't want them helping because I want to be the guy, you know, to, to be able to say, well, I was in the gym with these kids, you know, and I'm like, 
Why does that make sense? Because if I help them and then they in turn help you and then you in turn win games, aren't we all winning? You know what I mean? Like, like, aren't we all doing good? You know what I mean? Like that always blows my mind. And that's why, like you said, there's people like me that I believe I'm important because I care about the individual. The team is obviously important. And I communicate with a lot of high school coaches that like, what does he or she need? You know, what are they struggling in? What kind of offense are you guys running? I'm in communication with them, but at the end of the day, it's about them during yeah. practice. It's about the team. Man, that's such a good point. As a coach, you know, Anthony, I, I um, have battled that. Like last year I was coaching, I cl- coached at the club level. So 16, 17 year old kids, you know, travel around the country. And, um, you know, it was crazy. There's sophomores and juniors in high school and on my team, you know, I'd, I'd see the difference. What's crazy is like when I started coaching and then like, you know, five months, six months later, you see like the guys who do do some individual training outside of just that. And then you see the guys who are naturally talented that just show up to club basketball practice, which is twice a week, have you, and then go play in a couple tournament games. Yeah. They're naturally gifted. That's what they do. But you saw the guys, what was crazy is like five months into the, the run, you saw the, those guys that were doing the individual stuff naturally just start to creep up and, and become more and more dominant because they were more and more confident. I think confidence is such a huge factor. Um, and that comes with a lot of the training that you have to put in getting shots up. One of my guys specifically is not a jump shooter. He's a slasher. He likes to finish at the basket or he facilitates and dishes it out. He became a much better shooter because he had confidence because he was putting up hundreds of shots every day yep. outside of just coaching, like going to club ball with us. And I was so proud of him for that. I'm like, dude, that's, so that's what, like, as a coach myself, I'm not a high school coach, I'm a club coach. So it's different, but like, I don't, that's not my skill set to go individually train these guys. That's your skill set, Anthony. Like, that's why I would rather you guys focus on that and then I'll focus on the team and be able to implement these guys where their skill sets are. Like, I, I don't understand why coaches would have a problem with that. It bo- bothers me so much. But I want to ask you this <clears throat> on the confidence side of uh, the discussion here mm-hmm. a lot of kids are naturally gifted. I was one who was a shooter, okay, all through high school. 47% from the three-point line. I shot really well, but like I didn't shoot as much as I do now. I'm 33 years old now, obviously, but I still play. I still compete where we can and do tournaments, everything that we can, but I shoot way more now. I'm a volume shooter now, whereas before you'd be, if I shot four times, six times a game, like I was, that was maxed out. Like I wasn't shooting in a, in a high school game. It was just weird. And it was my confidence. I know that for, for a fact, but what, how do you, how do you work with confidence with a player? Cause maybe you see them and you're like, Hey, we want to, you want to, get your three-point percentage up by 8% this this next year. Let's let's get that up there. So you're you're shooting shots. But ultimately, it comes down to like their game performance. And some people have, you know, performance anxiety and stuff. So have you battled with that? And if so, what's your biggest piece of advice for those who might be battling with their own confidence levels? They have the skill, but their confidence isn't there, which ultimately affects their performance. Yeah, so, and there's a couple ways. There's a couple things I want to mention on that. I like that you brought that up. So my my degree from school is in sports psychology, right? So- I learned a lot about, you know, motivation, confidence, goal setting, things like that. So that's where, you know, my degree comes into play, you know, because people say all the time, you know, what do you ever use your degree? I use my degree every day. You know, I work with I work with athletes. I work with, you know, students. I work with everyone. So on the confidence tip, it's going to be kind of a weird answer, but you have to let them have bad days. You know what I mean? So every workout isn't going to be perfect. Every day isn't going to be perfect. You're going to come in the gym some days. You're going to miss shots. You're going to come in the gym some days. You're going to make shots. The key is, is having an even demeanor. Shots are going in. Same, same attitude, same everything. Shots are not going in. Same attitude, same everything. Because at the end of the day, I've met people that, you know, that, that trainers, coaches, where if things start to go bad, 
they immediately want to stop because they don't want to ruin the confidence of the player, right? But here's my my thought with that then. So are we get kind of going to relay the message to young people that, hey, when things get hard, just stop. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're if we're doing corner threes and the goal is to make eight out of ten and we spend 35 minutes on it and you still haven't done it yet, if I go, okay, you know what? Let, let, let's let's just move on. You know what I mean? Like let's then then you're sending the message to that to that player that okay, I didn't accomplish the goal that is achievable, mind you, but we're just gonna move on because you know it, it's it's hard and I'm not doing a good job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like to me, the confidence is a letting them have bad days because at the end of the day, especially if a kid is consistent, they're going to have better, good, more better days and bad days. You know what I mean? They're going to have more good days than bad. So letting them have bad days. And then secondly, like put them in situations that they see in the game. I, I know that there's a lot of stuff right now out, you know, on the internet, it could be a wild place. If you're looking at training and you're like, what the heck is that? Um, but Put them in situations, right? And that goes with getting to know who that player is. If I'm working with a player and they're not a three-point shooter, they live in the mid-range. During the season, we're not going to be shooting all threes. You know what I mean? We got to build that confidence of, okay, you're going to be in the mid-range a lot. Let's get up a ton of shots in the mid-range. You know, repetition, right? Repetition is king. That's the key to learning. So to me – let really, really understand where, where they are. You know, that's why the cookie cutter stuff doesn't work. You know, do everything the same with everybody. It doesn't work like that. And, and that's why I think you might run into players, not, you know, maybe not playing well in games or not having the training translate. We all know those players that look really, really good in workouts. And then you go watch them in a game and you're like, is this even the same kid? You know what I mean? And then you have to reflect as a coach and go, well, look where they're getting shots. Do we ever shoot those shots? You know what I mean? Like we don't ever shoot those shots. I've been doing all ISO stuff with them and they never have an ISO situation. So like that's getting to know them and then you help them build the confidence. You know what I mean? And then the last part of that would be get to know them beyond basketball. You know, I have kids that they could call me right now and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I need, I maybe I need, I need money to get some lunch. I need a ride here. I need a ride there. I'd do anything for them. You know what I mean? Because not because I think that, you know, I owe them or whatever, because we've built a relationship where I've seen their best days in the gym. I've seen their bad days in the gym. I've seen everything in between. You know what I mean? So now I look at them like they're part of my family because I believe that they are. So those things to me, if you are able to lump all those together, you're going to develop a confident player because there's no other way they could go. You know what I mean? I love that, dude. I love that so much. I am really hopeful that like the coaches that are listening to this right now and even parents for that matter, who are paying for their kids to do certain things and the players, of course, are taking notes. I hope that they hear that. That is huge. That's good for me to hear too. You know, Anthony, I, um, there's always this debate too, of club basketball. Now that I brought it up that I do coach the club level, I've seen the good and the bad of club ball and what it can do for a player's development and what it can do to hinder a player's development. If not done properly, I want your thoughts of having been around high school, college, professional athletes on the club circuit or the AAU circuit, which is, you know, most commonly known, but it's basically the same thing. What's your thoughts on club basketball or AAU basketball? Did you participate in it yourself in high school and so forth? And like, do you feel like it's a benefit to kids or, or not? Yeah. So I, I did, I, I played um, in high school. I played for a team out of Pennsylvania, actually. 
Um, so to me, it, it, I always tell kids, club basketball, AAU basketball is meant to get you exposure, right? So, so the idea is you want to go, at least most kids, you want to go, you want to go to tournaments, you want to be seen by colleges, right? You want to play high level competition. But if you're not ready, meaning your skill set is not ready, you're not going to get exposure. You're going to get exposed. Do you know what I mean? So now I'm a freshman, eighth, let's say eighth grade. I'm an eighth grader, right? I have the option between during on the weekends, I could go play eight games at a tournament, mind you, that has no college coaches, <laughs> that is run pretty poorly because I'm sure you're familiar with those. You have the top-notch tournaments, and then you have those little money grabs. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hate to be that yeah. guy, but I'll be that guy. Um, so you're playing on a team that's going to take you to that tournament, and you're going to play it, it, you know, eight games, six games, whatever have you, and you're not going to go train. But meanwhile, you could barely drive the ball to your left. You're all right-handed. You could barely – shoot the ball at a high percentage. You know what I mean? You, you, you're you not ready. So you're you're telling yourself and you're telling me and you're telling all these people, yeah, I'm going to the AAU tournament. I'm going to be, you know, be, you know, looked at by a ton of colleges. No, you're not. You know, you know no, you're not. You're going to an AAU tournament because that's the you probably the cheapest AAU tournament they could find. And they just threw you in, <laughs> you know, so they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. We're going to go to this tournament and you're not ready. And want to know why? these other teams didn't want you meaning the teams that go to the higher level tournaments because you're not ready for yet, right? You're not ready for that competition yet. So to me, it's, are you ready and do your research on what team you're playing for? Have they produced college players? Who are the coaches? Are they coaches that have connections, you know, two college coaches, two different people, or are they just random dads that want to throw together a team? You know what I mean? With that being said, what are your goals? Do, do you want to go play in college or do you just want to have fun? Right? Because if you just, there's nothing wrong. I tell people with this all the time. There's nothing wrong with just playing basketball because you have fun and you, and you want to play with your friends. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have to make sure that that's known, right? I just want to have fun. I just want to play basketball. Okay. Then you should play for this team. This team goes to a couple local tournaments. You're going to play pretty – the competition won't be bad, but it's not going to be elite competition, and that's what you're going to do. Or I want to play in college. Are you ready for that? Who is the – like I said, who's the coach? You're traveling all over the country, right? You're going to Vegas. You're going to Kentucky. You're going to all over because you're playing in these high-level competitions, tournaments, right? So, like, to me, especially when you're younger – you have to be honest with yourself. Are you ready? A good way to measure that, because that's a question. How do I measure that? How good are you in your area? You know, are you dominating your high school season? Or are you, are you, are you like really, you know, showing out and really I'm averaging, you know, 18, 20 points a game. I'm not turning the ball over. You know, I'm average four or five, six assists, you know, like where we win, you know, like I make an impact. Or are you, you know, a two, four point scorer? And, and you, you know, you're, you're not winning, you're on a losing team, you know, like be honest with yourself. And if you're not ready, then take that money that you're going to spend on AAU because it's expensive. You know what I mean? Especially when you come to traveling and food and all hotel, all that, take that money and invest it in a guy like me, right? Then you're only in the seventh, eighth grade. You know what I mean? Like you have plenty of time to then 
when you're in high school, move forward. I mean, the kids that are playing AAU in the fifth, sixth, fourth grade, I, I don't, I, I don't understand. I, with that being said, it's important to balance both, right? But you could play pickup or something, right? I mean, get some friends together, play some pickup for free. <laughs> you know, like there's no reason why we should be ranking fourth grade AAU teams. You know what I mean? Like there's just, yeah. there's no reason for that. So I would say really club basketball, AAU basketball shouldn't become a giant priority in most people's lives until they get to that high school age, eighth grade, high school age, then start looking into that. When you're younger, play three on three. You know what I mean? Play one-on-one. Come to a guy like me. Train with a guy like me because the the way the price works out too, like most people, you could probably train with me two days a week all summer and not spend nearly as much money that you're going to spend, you know, on an AAU team. And you're going to, the return is going to be way more. You know what I mean? So like AAU is very, very important. And, and I think it's becoming more and more important today with, with colleges and knowing, you know, a lot of college coaches, they reach out to guys like me and guys like you, you know, club directors, you know, coaches, they don't really go to high school coaches very often anymore. I mean, I know that that one of the things I tell kids is I've been fortunate enough to build up a a network of coaches. I know a lot of coaches. If I think, you know, this player is good enough to play, I'll reach out for you. You know, I'll text, you know, coach so-and-so from wherever and say, Hey coach, you know, I think I might have a kid for you and I could get you a look because I built up the network. You playing on a team, you know, that the dad's coaching, but he's telling you, man, well, you're going to get a ton of college looks. No, you're not because he doesn't know anybody. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So like you just have to educate yourself on who, on who these teams are and, and who these programs are. Totally. That is so, so important. And I hope those who are looking at that, like here, it's funny, Anthony, because even this last year, I'm talking like we're, we're, we're dealing with like 16, 70 year old kids that the sophomores, juniors in high school. And I love those guys. They're still, they're my players and I can't wait to coach them next spring and whatnot. They're awesome. They're starting their high school season right now, but the thing is, is I remember we had a practice where we combined with the 15 year olds and stuff in our club. And it was just one full night, a two hours long of just skill development. Like we're working on skills. And some of that was just simple. Like, you know, your retreat dribble between the legs behind the back and you'd go to the free throw line, the half court line, the next free throw line and the baseline. So every time you go between the legs behind the back, and then it was like behind the back and a spin. And I'm telling you, man, like some of these things, a lot of these kids who I think are super talented didn't know how to do like, it was just not processing. And I'm like, that I think is a product of not enough skill development when you're younger and you develop bad habits or just, you don't know what you don't know. And then you're wondering why, like, okay, well at the professional level, these guys can do this with their eyes closed because they know all these different things. They do the boring stuff. They do the, the fundamental stuff for years and years and years. And they continue to do it and they master those things. And then you wonder why, like when you get in a game with somebody who's bigger, stronger, faster, they can just pick the ball from you because you don't know how to do those different little movements. It was eye opening to me. I'm like, guys, like, come on. Like these are, these are simple drills that like, I guess the high school coaches aren't doing enough. Cause I guess that's not their job. Cause they're trying to coach the team. And then like, they're just not investing their time in, in development, uh, training. It's just crazy to me, man. So like, as you're talking, I'm like, man, that's so, so insightful. And I hope that again, I want everyone listening to be taking notes, rewind, listen to this of what Anthony just said, because it's super, super important. You know, as we're getting to the, to the end of the interview, Anthony, you know, in your experience, um, what would you say is the most common trait amongst those who are playing at the professional level or even at the next level for college? So like these high level athletes that you've, you've worked with, what would, what would be the most common trait that you you've seen from them? that you could probably pass on to the, to the listeners here. I I think it's the purpose of why they do it. 
You know what I mean? Well, why why do you play? You know what I mean? I mean, I think that the the, the obvious answer was, answer is hard work. You know what I mean? Like they bust their butt. I mean, they're in the gym two, three days, you know, times a day. But I think it's more so every rep, every workout, every everything they do is purposeful. So why I've had professional players you know, why are we doing this? When am I going to do this? We, you know, show me film, show me visuals. You know, they, they want to know why because they want to know how this could help their game. You know what I mean? Like they, they ask questions. They're curious. They, they want to know every little detail in terms of, okay, I'm going to do this move. What's the defender's feet going to be like? You know, w- w- when's the best time? When they cross their feet, you know, like when their left foot's in front of their right. Like they want to know everything. So I think just being – curious about everything and then working with a purpose, you know, why are you there? You know what I mean? I, I I've worked, I've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of p- players that play overseas, especially. And, um, I had one of, actually he's one of my good friends. He, um, signed a contract to play in the, in the second level, of, you know, over in Spain. And I saw it on, on Twitter. I was on Twitter one day and I saw it, it popped up and I'm like, Oh wow. I didn't know you signing there. You know, he didn't say anything cause it would, you know, it wasn't a done deal. So he didn't want to say anything early. And literally 10 minutes after I saw that, I got a text from him. Hey, we, we good for today. You know, we, we were in the gym at, you know, two o'clock. Right. And I was like, Hey, yeah. Like, Hey, I just saw like, congratulations, you know, on, on the deal. You know, I just, I just saw you sign. And he's like, I'm just ready for the work, man. You know, now we really, you know, now we really got to start. You know what I mean? So like that to me is just one of those things where some other people might've been like, Hey, you know, something good happened today. Let's, you know, let's go celebrate, man. You know, let's, let's go out to eat. Let's go to lunch. You know, let's go do something, but, but not that level, you know, that they know that everyone else is working just as hard as they are. So what's going to separate them. And I think, you know, not just speaking for myself, but I think a lot of other guys that, that do this in terms of development and player development, like, we feel valued in that they trust us with their game. You know what I mean? Like he knew that I played a a role in that development and I might've played a role in him getting that contract. So he's, you know, he wants to be with me, you know, he's coming back to me. So like, I think that's how, you know, if you're doing a good job or not, right. You know, if they keep coming back and when they do come back, what you're doing and then the opportunity you could get them. That's so cool, dude. That's so cool. Oh man. Anthony, what would you say is the biggest life lesson you've learned through sports? That you could really, you could do anything. I mean, I I really, I really believe, I know that's corny and I know that's cliche, but at the end of the day, I, I wanted to play division one basketball so bad. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to play so bad. And although it was for a year, you know what I mean? Cause I, I obviously left the program after my freshman year. Um, I just worked so hard. You know what I mean? There'd be days that like, in high school, I would just think about playing division one basketball and just all the perks that came along with it, you know, like being, you know, traveling to games, taking planes, you know, staying in hotels, like there'd be days where I literally would almost move myself to tears, you know, just thinking about how bad I wanted it. You know what I mean? So I just think that if you really want it, just work as hard as you can and let the chips fall where they may. You know, I I talk to kids all the time. And one of the things I tell them is what's your dream school? You know, and for the girls, I get a lot of UConn, (laughs) Notre Dame, you know, they might not be a UConn, Notre Dame caliber player. I said, but let's work like we're going to UConn and then wherever we fall, we fall. You know what I mean? Like let's, every day you come to the gym, I want you to work like you would if you had a scholarship to UConn. 
what are you going to do? Same thing with the, with the guys. Where do you want to go? I want to go to Michigan State. I want to go to Kentucky. I want to go to Duke. Let's work like we're going to Duke. Hey, you know what? If you work hard enough, maybe you'll get to Duke. You know what I mean? So like just that idea of just working hard, believing in yourself, and just believing that anything you know is possible, and let the chips fall where they may, and then let you know let life sort it out. I freaking love that, dude! So inspiring, Anthony. Where can we find you, man? I want to know where we can find more about like Clockwork Athletics, and and where we can we follow you and everything. Like we want to know that, so we can put that here in the description. Yeah. So Instagram, it's at Anthony Pew too. Um, Twitter. Um, that's probably where I'm most active on Twitter. Actually, it is at Anthony underscore Pew two. Uh, that's P U G H. Clockwork. I only got a Twitter, so Clockwork would be Clockwork Skills. That's what my Twitter's under. And then my in in my Twitter bio, I have my email. Um, the website for Clockwork Athletics is www.clockwork-athletics.com. Like I said, I have my email in my Twitter bio. Like if, if I could help anybody out, I mean, please, I, I usually get a couple emails every day just from coaches, players, advice. You know, I have workouts I send to players, you know, um, coaches and anything I could do to help. Like, I really believe that that's why I'm here. You know, I'm here to help people. And fortunately enough, I'm, I'm doing it through basketball. So, Heck, it, yes. It, so if it, I, I, when I was in college, my, my guidance counselor told me, when I was kind of trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do and how I wanted to kind of navigate this journey. She was like, think about it like this. You, you, you tell me that your passion is helping people. Right. And I'm like, I believe that those are my two loves outside of my family and my faith is basketball and helping people. So I use basketball as the vehicle, you know, to help as many people as possible. That's why I want to be known as a player development coach and not a trainer, you know, because I help develop. I'm not a trainer. You know what I mean? So to me, that's the most important thing. So if I could ever help anybody, please feel free to reach out. I'd love to help. Yes, sir. We'll put, we'll put all of those here in the description. So for those listening, make sure you check the description of the podcast. We'll have them linked to his Twitter, his Instagram, his, his website. Again, go check his email out that's in his bio and, and his Twitter page and everything. Go check it out. See what Anthony's doing. Um, if you guys are in that area as well and you want to reach out to him and, and see what he can do for you, um, I've got a lot of connections in Ohio um, as a Buckeyes fan, and I run a network out of there. So I do have some connections there, even though you're not a Buckeyes fan. So well, we're good there. So just so you guys know, please um, utilize Anthony for the services he is. He's providing. He's helping people. Like that, that is what we love. Um, so, Anthony, I just want to say thank you for for joining me, man. I look forward to, to continuing to build this relationship, this connection. Um, I'm just grateful that you joined us, man, and shared, shared your story with us. So thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much. If there's anything I could ever do for you, you know, please let me know. I, I, I love the show. And like I said, I'm, I'm a fan. I listened to a couple episodes already. So it's really, really cool to be on. And uh, anything I could do for you, please let me know. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. For the listeners out there, hey, listen, hopefully you enjoyed it. Go follow Anthony and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. So we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. So you guys can listen to those as well. And uh, if you haven't done so already, leave me a review. We'll talk to you guys next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.